Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Yeah. Hello and welcome to We Say Things episode 214. Suns fan Ooh. here with Cinderin, who's sporting Ooh. some ESL swag today. This is not sponsored by ESL, although it no, could be I'm if they wanted to. That's true. Give worth us your money. It. Yes, it's worth. That was that was a free <laughs> shout out. The rest will cost money. Uh Let's say thank you to our beautiful patrons of the In Bruges tier. Take the first half, please. Okay, thank you to Yatoro Does It Again, Cinderin. Okay, I hope <laughs> this is not going to last forever. <laughs> Partial PCL tear equals more time to Dota. No pain, no gain. The Shaz cast, Yatoro Does It Again, Cinderin. Mr. I fucking love the NBA segment so much. But, but, Cinderin recommends are also great. Enjoying my new Manscaped Lawnmower 5.0. My balls look so nice. I named one Cinderin <laughs> and one Suns fan. Save it for a Manscaped sponsored episode. Thank you very much. <laughs> Yatoro does it again, Cinderin. Wow. T-Coil, Rupus, Q-Ludes is ready to praise the podcast. Stupid Copilot, D2 Bowie, Lab Dota, and Yatoro does it again, Sinrin. Thank you, guys. Thank you to Magdev. Hats off to Valve to organ for organizing TI12. Next up, marketing question mark. Games for Falling Asleep has seen you in Seattle. Disco, Disco Farm D, The Mega Pope, Zan Xavier, Nate Thicko Zero One Hamscroats, Yatoro does it again, Sinderin. Shark TM, Janie, Dop, Yatoro does it again, comma, Sinderin. Nothing to see here. Ever Mort, Ben Broomhead is off to TI. I hope. <laughs> Wow, I just uh, I hope you're okay, sir. Lost. I hope you're okay. <laughs> what an aftertaste, anonymous, and the sun is 400 times bigger than the moon and 400 times farther away from Earth, making them seem the same size in the sky, Mister Niebling. Okay, I'm trying to understand this one because mm -hmm. the sun is definitely bigger than 400 of our moons. So what does that mean? Something else that I'm thinking. Cinderin? I'm Googling right now. Like, wouldn't like. The sun is about 400 times bigger than the moon. How? Oh, maybe I'm thinking. Okay, that's exponential the way it works, right? I'm thinking how many moons would fit in the sun, and that's different than how many times bigger it is, right? Because it just keeps getting. Like, if you double the size and then double the size, that's different. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. I think it's just 400, it's 400 times the radius. Okay. So how many moons fit into the sun? Chat GPT that real quick, Cinderin. I'd really appreciate that. I'm going to say a lot. <laughs> a 
Uh, I'm going to say 25,000. No, it's got to be more than that. I have no idea. Uh, according to this, 64.3 million. Yeah, yep. A lot more. That's right. 25,000, just a bit off. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Okay, that's an interesting fact. I love the space ones. Keep it space themed, you know? It always uh, makes us look stupid, specifically me, but that's okay. Anyway, uh, you have some things to start the podcast with, Cinder. It's your show, please. I, I, I do, guys. We're back. We're back with some recommends today. Oh, I know you guys love it. We have no NBA segment, so this will be a great episode. I'm already very thrilled. I should not have said that. Now you're going to dig some random news up that... Oh, no, I mean, I could force true. it every week, I, but you know. Of course, you could. Just okay, you. I'm back with some recommends, guys. Uh, one of these games, a lot of you have heard about, and one of them, maybe almost none of you have heard about. So that's a little bit interesting. The first one I'm going to recommend is called Stardew Valley. I think a lot of you guys have heard about. It. Have you heard about Stardew Valley? Of course. Have you played Stardew Valley? No, but I've seen the wife play it quite a bit. Oh, she's played it. Okay, oh, yeah. cool. Uh, yeah, so this game is obviously massively popular, uh, which is why a lot of you have heard about it, and the reviews on Steam are absolutely ridiculously good. Um, it's a farm simulation game, which is going to sound, I think, a lot more boring than what the game is. I, I've, I have to admit, I've never played, it didn't appeal to me to play like these, you know, Euro Truck Simulator or all of these like sim games where you're performing a job or whatever. Um, but this is quite different because it's not like you're actually, you know, performing the tasks of being a farmer in the same way that you would in, in a simulation compared to real life. Um, you start out with a little farm and your goal is to keep building and expanding your farm and to get better relationship with the people in the village that you live in. And you do fishing and you do mining um, and you do like exploring. It's a it's a really nice it's a very how to say it's a very calm and tranquil game mostly uh, shit can go down in the mines but you guys can figure that out for yourselves, um, but it's just it's really nice and it's good value for money I think it's fourteen euros on Steam right now I played it on the Switch this is a great game for handheld uh, it's not particularly important what platform you play it on because of the way the game plays. Um, it's been quite a while since I played it, but I played it for many, many, many hours. So it was it was a very, very fun game for quite a while. Uh, if you're a completionist, it's fun because there's so much stuff to do in the game. Um, yeah, you're going to have a good time. So check this game out if you're looking for something that's not like... That's a great game for the couch. It's great on... I'm assuming it's great on the Steam Deck, I would think. Uh, yeah, it was great to play on the Switch. So yep. Relaxing um, but game. But it's on Steam. Think, so sure. it's... Yeah. It's it's nice and it's great. It's great as a co-op game too. They implemented co-op a while ago, I think. Um, and it's also great as co-op in terms of two people sitting next to each other and just playing together, talking about the game, mm. figuring out what to do next, etc. So very fun. The second game I'm going to recommend. I'm actually curious how many reviews this currently has on Steam. Okay, about what less than one percent of the reviews of of uh, Stardew Valley. This game is called Chance of Senar. I don't know if I've told you about this one at TI, Shannon. Maybe I did. I don't think so. Um, so it's spelled Chance the way you would usually spell Chance. So C-H-A-N-T-S not like Chance but Chance. And then of Senar S-E-N-N-A-A-R <laughs> um, This game got released in September this year. It's a 
it's a bit hard to do it justice in an explanation, I would say. It's a single-player mystery game, and the core mechanic of the game is translation, which is very unique. Um, you essentially start out as a character that just gets dropped in the world, and you don't understand anything that's going on, because people are speaking in code, and you don't know a single word. And your goal is to step-by-step step uncover the language through clues that you find in the world and through contextualizing uh, how people talk to each other um, by finding patterns and step-by-step step you're going to progress the world. The game is based off of um, the story of Babel, if you've heard of that. No. Uh, or the, Sorry, the Tower of Babel. Where no. I believe the key thing now i don't want to say it wrong but um it's an origin myth where i think the if i remember correctly god punishes uh punishes people by making them all speak a different language so they can't communicate with each other anymore um oh okay if i remember correctly um Anyway, that's the inspiration for the game. It's awesome. And it's not that well-known just yet, but it has really great reviews. And this is a single-player game only, um, but I would recommend playing it with somebody else. Either, um, you know, if you, if you live with someone, play it together on the couch. Or if you uh, have somebody online that would be interested in playing it with you streaming or whatever, it's really good to play together. Uh, I played through the game with Susie, and the reason it's fun to play it together is that you can start making like theories, and you can spar with each other and figure out what you... You're going to interpret things in different ways, and you're going to come up with different theories, and it's very rewarding to, to work as a team uh, in that game. This game does not play nearly as long as um, some of the other games I've recommended. It's sitting at 16 euros right now, and I would still say it's really great value for money because it's so unique. It's a very... It's a very special game, and I absolutely loved it. I'm also a language nerd, so obviously I'm a Why bit biased. Why does it say but... you don't own this game? Uh, because I didn't play it on Steam. Oh. We played it on PS5. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. But it is on Steam, so... Uh, it's the same with Stardew Valley. I don't own that either, right? We played that on Switch, so... Um, but yeah, both games are on Steam, and they're awesome. So check them out. Cool. Okay, that's cool. Uh, my recs for this week. Um, aside from that... I have some other PC-related news. I bought a new computer, Shannon. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. You're so happy, aren't you? Let's hear the specs, bitch. You Let's go. You wanted to do this for so long. <laughs> okay. Uh, let me open up. How many monitors do you have? Specs. I still have the same two as before. Are they both 144 hertz? They are. But okay. right now, one of them is running 60 hertz because, and I didn't think about this when I ordered the computer, my new computer doesn't have a DVI-D port. It only has display ports. So and one, of my, one of my monitors is from like the first generation of 144 hertz, so it's DVI-D. Mm. Uh, so I need, I need to get a cable. Yeah. Uh, Easy peasy. Display port to DVI-D. Yeah. But for now, it's just running on HDMI. But that's okay. my second monitor. I mean, second my monitor primary monitor is 240 hertz, actually, Shannon. That's wow! Wow! Yeah, it's, it's buttery smooth. Um, all right, so what Wait, specs do you care about? Before you go uh -huh. further, you had a 240 hertz mo uh, monitor with a mm -hmm. shit-ass computer that was like eight years old. Is that right? Exaggeration. Uh, six years old, I think. Yeah. Oh, how long have you had this 240 hertz monitor? A year or two. Why? A year, I guess. A year Why? and a half or two. Why? Why not? Were you what hitting you 240 you FPS? With a seven-year-old computer? 
Shannon, okay, let me drop something on you. Even if you're playing a game at less than 144 <laughs> FPS, mm -hmm. if you're playing a game at 60 FPS, it still looks nicer on 144 hertz than it does in 60 hertz. You know what's funny about this conversation? We have had this exact I feel like we've had this conversation. conversation, and the chat, like in the YouTube comments, was very split. Oh. So let's... Uh, skip by that part and i'll yeah, just forgive let's, you let's for your say, sins okay let's just say big hurts big good okay and then just leave it at that okay sure uh, i guess the three specs you care you care about the the ram and the processor and the graphics card right? gives a shit about, about the ram about okay how much ram okay. uh i got 32 gigs of ram okay good job anything right. anything above that seemed unnecessary for gaming and streaming uh the processor is a ryzen 7 7800 x3d and the graphics card is a forty seventy. Okay. GX. I was looking at the higher and newer generations, the forty eighty and the forty ninety. They're a lot more expensive, and it didn't seem like good value for what I'm doing. Like, yeah, I could have rigged this to be a complete beast, but there wasn't really any point because. Well, if you're going to keep your computer for six years, then there is a point, Cinder. No, so here's the thing: is that if that's the logic, then it's. I was talking to JJ about this. It would be I would be better off starting with the 4070, and then if it turns out down the line that I'm going to play some really intense stuff, then there's going to be newer and better value graphics cards coming mm -hmm. out for that. So then I can upgrade instead of buying a 4080 or a 4090 that costs literally twice as much as the 4070. It's like half giving... the half the computer cost is the graphics card. So yes, did you and do pre-built or you? It built was for me too. I I did it pre-built. I don't build PCs. Um, have you ever built a PC before? No. Really? Yeah. Huh. So, yeah, I, don't, I just don't know how to do that shit. And I can't really be bothered. I also don't... Like, if, if it's not something that interests you and that you think is fun, generally the pricing that you get on getting pre-built nowadays compared to the individual parts, honestly, it wasn't that bad. Like... I mean, when I was... I mean, I said this last time when I talked about my PC, but when I looked it up, it, it cost more to build your own, which blew my mind. That's yeah, it ridiculous. didn't for me, but it like it's. I think it was a, I think they took like a ten percent premium over the parts or whatever for building mm -hmm. it, or something in that ballpark. So it's like, yeah, compared to the time and effort it would take me to research it, the risk of error, having to order all the individual parts and go through all of that instead of just getting it in one bundle and everything, it's just yeah. So is it kind of you're using it now? I'm using it right now. Yeah, I set it up yesterday. It arrived yesterday. I installed everything mm. yesterday. Good boy. Um, so we didn't do a, a yeah, mic test. Nice. Huh? We didn't do a mic test. We didn't. I mean, I set my mic to the same settings as before. Well, um, all, right, all right. I I hope. I mean, you yeah, think I, I sound too. the same, right? right? No, it looks fine. <laughs> I just didn't know. I mean, you know? the fact that you didn't point anything out made me think I sound the same as usual, right? So yeah, just lucky. maybe. Maybe you got lucky I'm, this maybe time. I'm way off. I guess so. Well, so congratulations. Yeah, I'm really excited. Thank you. I'm really excited about this new PC. Um to main I mean the main appeal for me was that when I was streaming Dota, I was getting about 100 FPS in Dota on my old PC and on this one I should be getting about double, right? Um so that's exciting. But I have put my stream on hold for now because after I came home from Seattle, I haven't told you this. Um I was having jitters in my right hand. And they're not gone still. Mm. So it's been about a week. Um, so I read up on it a bit, 
and it's likely that it's carpal tunnel syndrome. Um, really? Yeah, probably early stage of it. It's not like very painful or anything, but essentially I've chosen I'm not going to stream for a bit because I think Dota is a pretty high intensity game to play in terms of like how much time you commit yourself for. And if I'm streaming, I don't want to just stream one game and then stop, right? Um, but realistically speaking, I want to prevent this from becoming a big problem. So I'm limiting how much I play games that require mouse dexterity. So if I play a Dota, I'll play one or two games at most in a day. Yesterday, I played two games of CS2, uh, which ran buttery smooth on this, of course, which was great. It was very fun. What do you mean um, by jittery? Uh, you know, when you have a limb that's asleep, mm. like if you have a sleeping foot or whatever, it's got these like pins and needles. It's like, it's like tingling all the yeah. time. Yeah, it was that. Sorry, jittery was the wrong word. It was tingling. Um, so like, it's like that all the time. And then if I move my hand in specific ways, it can give like a slight ache, like a little, yeah, it just triggers the nerves a little bit. So likely, I, what my theory is, what started this is, I mean, I know some people get this from being at the PC a lot or, you know, like different manual labor that they do. And some players in Dota have had carpal tunnel syndrome as well. I actually don't think it's from playing games that I got it. I think it's because of a combination. I First of all, I have this bad habit of sleeping on my hand. Mm. Um, and on the flight home from Seattle in the, in, the, in the first leg of the flight, I slept a lot. And I think I slept on my hand a lot in that. And that was after a night with the after party where I was playing pool for like an hour and a half or two hours. So that's also like very... Handsy. If you're playing... Yeah, if you're playing that, you can you can bend your wrist quite a bit on certain shots that I did. Um, and then on top of that, I'm at a setup different from the one at home for the PC. So that also adds up because the tables that we were sitting with, the chairs we're sitting in, you know, the angle is different. And we were playing quite a lot of games in Seattle as well, or at least I was, you were working on your game mostly and being sick in your room for a week. That's right. Um, so yeah, I think it's just the, huh. the it's probably just the perfect storm, unfortunately in a negative way this time uh, that got this. And yeah, I've I've had a week. So what I did was I went and got myself this. I got myself like mm. a, a wrist a wrist wrap thing to keep the wrist straight. Um, I'm taking some painkillers that are anti-inflammatory, um, which will hopefully help. Over did you time. go to the doctor, or you, this is just you uh, assume, I, like self-diagnosing? So it's a combination. So this wrist wrap thing was obviously something that you could read about yourself. And then I called the doctor and got the advice to take painkillers. Uh, my consultation is on Wednesday. So in six days, I'll go and get it checked up on further. But for now, it's mainly just, just rest it. Don't overstress it. I still sit at the computer a lot because I don't really find it uncomfortable sitting at the PC and using a mouse. It's not like it's painful, but... Yeah, just in the interest of not making this get bad, I don't think streaming five or six hours a day and playing a mm. high mouse dexterity game is a good idea. So I'm playing like more chill stuff like Baldur's Gate. I will probably play without problem playing poker, playing World of Warcraft, which isn't about like very fast movements. Thank God you can play World of Warcraft. I don't know yeah, if you do it's without really that lucky. One. Yeah, that's, that's, you know, really that's where I, I have not heard the term carpal tunnel syndrome in like 15 years. I feel like I feel like this was a thing early on that a lot of people got because of the way that people were typing on their keyboards, like very scrunched mm -hmm. up. Like if you type, let me see how I type. Yeah, you need to type at like an angle 
and not like straight. Because a lot of people mm-hmm. like when, you know, people weren't used to using keyboards or whatever. They used a straight hand and that would fuck people up. And they'd have to get like back in the 90s. I remember like there was a bunch of surgery type shit. Like it was bad news, but I know that it's mm-hmm. gotten a lot better since then. Uh, so yeah, keep us keep us updated. Hopefully things yeah. go well. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things where I actually talked to my mom about this, which is kind of random, but she had this too in her 50s. So, I mean, I'm a little early. Mm. Um, and for her, it's she was going to get actually get surgery for it. And then she stopped knitting for a while. And then it went away. And mm. then she canceled her surgery and never came back. Mm. Um that was probably what set it off for her was that she was knitting a lot at the time and she's been knitting a lot since, but it's just like, it's a temporary thing that can go away by itself if you treat it with respect. So I'm trying to do that and hopefully fingers crossed it won't get to a surgery level because that would be kind of annoying, obviously. Um, and mostly from what I can read, you can, in most cases you can get it treated with like massage or rest uh stretches mm. a little bit of exercising with it you know a controlled environment it's going to be fine so we'll see uh, i'm not really super worried about it right now to be honest i was more worried right when it in the first couple of days when i read everything about it and i was like oh shit how long is this going to take or whatever but we'll just take it step by step it's going to be fine um but it sucks it's obviously annoying to have an injury in your hand when it's like the most important one of the most important tools in your lifestyle and in your job right yep so. Good luck, Cinderin. Well, we know. wish you Thank well, you. sir. Should be fine. Hopefully. All right. I guess we can okay. talk about Dota now. Uh, there's not yes. much, honestly, but we do have a bunch of other stuff to talk about, so it should be a nice, juicy episode, as always. Uh, roster shuffles. So again, we're not really going to talk about rumors because there's just so many, and you were talking to me about this before we started recording, that there's a lot of contradictory rumors yeah. going around where a player's on like five different teams or whatever so yeah. we'll just let that settle especially SCA is like a well, how, I don't even know how to explain how many rumors is there, there are there's no roster lock anymore right is that how it works like there is there, shouldn't be right so there's no actual deadline so we might just have this stuff yeah. trickle in or I mean I guess the next event the big one is uh, Kuala Lumpur yeah that's so in a month I guess we have until so, then to figure it out yep. but for now, uh, Nouns, I genuinely don't remember if we talked about this last week. <laughs> I don't uh, think we did. Nouns drops their roster. So it's not you know, made clear whether they're looking for a new roster or not. Uh, can't say I'm too surprised because I, I knew that a lot of teams were going to reshuffle anyway, but I guess I'd be a little bit surprised that they don't stick with Dota considering they got top eight. But Yeah, Moo tweeted that he's looking for team. So it's not just the org. Yeah drop the roster the team itself is making moves i don't know how many um if most of them are sticking together uh move was the one i saw uh, so talon I, I wrote down talon drops the roster according to their tweet it was mutually exclusive or <laughs> it was mutual uh mm-hmm. so that team is no more nine is officially out of tundra and we talked about 33 potentially being on liquid that was a rumor uh, still yeah. remains to be seen, uh, but nine just singled out. So does that mean they're going to be keeping the other three? Does that mean? I mean, is Soxa even part of that team anymore? I, again, don't there's know. a lot of question marks about Tundra right now. I think. Um, yeah, Stormstormer officially benched by Entity. That's a weird one. That one was a little like 
typically it's like, okay, we drop the roster or we're mm -hmm. like, but benching, that means he's under contract. Otherwise they just release him. So yeah. now he'd need to be bought out to be able to play somewhere. It makes it more difficult for him. So I don't know if this is a good thing for him, but. And does this mean that they benched him because they found a player they want to play with over him? Or did they bench him because they want to find another player on the position in general, right? Yeah. That could be either or. Uh, the general vibe I got from that team, I would think it's the former that they uh, got an opportunity that they can't say no to or whatever. Because uh, yeah. I always got the vibe of entity that they were they were getting along well. And I mean, obviously, TI can do things to teams. That's I've been there. Um, but I, I would like to think that uh, that they didn't have a falling out or something. Um, but who knows? Uh, I mean, that's just pure speculation on my part. So yeah, who knows? We wish him well because he's a very nice guy. Shopify, they're keeping Arteezy and Saberlight. So that I don't think has been yep. officially confirmed by the like the org, as far as I know. Maybe it has. I think it has. Yeah, I think they said. I think they okay, made that a thank I, you post to the other three players, right? Yeah. So Abed, Crit, Fly out. No news yeah. on Bulba as coach still. Uh, so they're going to keep Arteezy, Saberlight, and try to build around them. Uh, which, you know, from a big org standpoint, I know people meme about Arteezy, and I'm not, you know, I'm not the person to judge whether somebody is, like, how good they are, necessarily, mm -hmm. but from a brand perspective, I think I would be qualified. I can totally understand why an org would want to build around Arteezy, even if, yeah. let's just say, okay, I'm, this is not what I'm saying, but let's just say this is how they think. They're not going to mm -hmm. win TI. They're not going to win majors. They're going to be competitive. Mm-hmm. It's more important probably to be popular slash have the brand value that Arteezy brings versus winning. You know what I mean? Like there's a Yeah, a I know what you take. mean. And I think I think this is where Dota has been arguably kind of unhealthy compared to other games over the last many years because of the magnitude of TI, right? Is that everything has been about winning TI, which is cool. I mean, TI is a huge tournament and everything, but ultimately only very few players get to get a top three placement in that. The more sustainable way and the more self, how to say, the more self-sufficient way for Dota to be run is if it's built around the teams and the players rather than this one enormous tournament that few people get to reap the rewards of. And that seems to be the direction that Dota is going now with Valve scaling back on the battle pass for TI and making TI a more like reachable prize pool, if you will, for other tournaments to compete with, at least on some level. Mm. Uh, and at that point, having brandable players, having uh, being able to sell to sponsors that you have player brands that you have players that stream. I mean, Arteezy's stream, whenever he streams, it's kind of funny how he can... <laughs> You look at other streamers in Dota, I, I know from myself, I'm obviously a bad comparison because I'm not a pro player anymore and I don't have like the same reach, but if I don't stream for X weeks and I come back, I kind of need to rebuild. Like people have moved on or watching something else or whatever. When Arteezy is streaming, it's like a magnet. You know, There's like, Reddit Holy threads. Shit. <laughs> There's this thread whenever he goes live. Okay, that's the level we're at here. He's, I think... I kid you not, I think almost every single Reddit thread that is about somebody is streaming, 90% of them are Arteezy, right? The rest just don't get upvoted or mm -hmm. don't get posted. 
So obviously there's a huge draw. And yes, there's going to be diminishing returns on something like that if he streams regularly. Then obviously people aren't going to post every time because then it's not big news. But he gets big viewership all the time when he streams. That's a constant. So for an org, that's really valuable because you can sell to sponsors that, hey, we have Arteezy. When he streams, he gets... He's the biggest streamer in Dota, you know? <laughs> when oh, yeah. he streams. Easily. Um, <clears throat> well, English. I can't speak for, like, Russian. Yeah, that's like. fair. That's fair. But yeah, uh, for a Western audience, he's the biggest streamer. So, um, yeah, I agree. I, I, think, I think that's really powerful to have uh, for your brand and for your, for your org. And I know, like you said, people are very good at judging players or whatever compared to how much they understand the game. Uh, I, would, I would say even at the level that I understand the game, which is still not like the absolute pinnacle compared to these pro players, but I would say I understand it pretty well. I find it very difficult to come to overwhelming con- or confident conclusions about how good players are because Dota nowadays is so much more about team dynamic and mm. team movements and team shared understanding and strategy than it is about individual plays. So even if you're an individually amazing player, if the team dynamic and the team strategies don't hold up against the best, anyone can look bad um, compared to how good they are. And it's clear that a lot of pro players still keep Arteezy in very high regard, right? Maybe not number one as they did five years ago, but I still think, you know, people think he's a really good player still. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't mean that he can't, like his recent results or whatever and how Shopify ran doesn't mean that he cannot achieve greatness still. I genuinely still believe he could become a major winner or a TI winner. Um and that a shakeup could be good in the end. There, this is a pretty major change for him as well. Um, so yep. it's a big uncertainty, but I, I hope I hope he does well. I think that guy. It would be cool if he won something big at least once. I think he deserves it. Um, yep. That on the other side of that mat, uh, on that lineup, that means Crit, Fly, and Abed will be going elsewhere. Uh, I think it's fair to assume, obviously this is speculation, but I think there's a very good chance Abed goes to SEA. I think if he's not playing for Shopify or for this team in particular, I think he won't play NA again this year. Um, oh, that- and Crit's tweet uh, about being done with Shopify was, obviously he was thanking his teammates and all the friendships and you know what they built because they've played together for a very long time. But he also started off that tweet saying something along the lines of uh, essentially that Playing in NA was blah, blah, blah. So I'm inferring from that that he's not playing in NA this season either. I think there's a good chance Crit is going to an EU team. Um, it could be OG. He could be making something with Fly. Who knows? Um, but I think that's, that's probably where he's going. And for Fly, I, I genuinely don't know. He could be staying in NA. He could be doing the Crit thing in EU, whatever. Well, um, one the of other your... Two, I think, are, yeah, are moving. Abed, I think, will answer that right now because Blacklist teased their new lineup and it was a very... It's not confirmed, but it's like... I mean, this yeah. I consider this confirmed. <laughs> so essentially... Yeah, but here's the thing. The reason, I'll just quickly say this, the reason this is not confirmed for me is because it's SCA and everybody's fucking memeing lineups over there, okay? Like, I've seen so many okay. different rosters and player combinations teased. So if orgs are in on it so, until they officially announce it, I'm not 100%. Okay. So Blacklist did tweet their lineup is going to be, and then they posted a picture, and it's kind of yeah. like a word play kind of deal where each player represents the picture. So the first picture is of a, I mean, I don't know the difference between a crow and a raven. It's a raven. Is it's this a actually raven. a raven? 
What is the yeah, difference? I think so. Is, is it just different uh, locations or? The difference is there's no pro player called Crow. Okay. So this has to be a Raven. Uh, I'm sure there's, there's, wait, isn't there somebody on Arkosh named Crow? Something Crow? What was it? <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. Uh, anyway, yeah, Damn. picture of a Raven. So it's Raven. The second one yeah. is a picture of a bed. So that's Abed. <laughs> yep. The third one, I didn't really, like, it's just a picture of the night sky. And apparently mm -hmm. in Tagalog, uh, is it Gabby? I know, I know Gabby is the player, but mm -hmm. something about his name means night. Are you asking me how you say no, no, that no. word in Tagalog? I don't know. Uh, Tagalog. See, I can't even say the language. Tagalag. Uh, <laughs> Tagalog. Yeah. So it means night sky or nighttime or something like that. I think nighttime. Yep. Is Gabby, I guess. Yep. And then the next one, I actually, I mean, this one apparently is Tim's. It's a T yep. and it's, it's like an icon from some app that I don't know. I think it's Microsoft Teams, right? Oh, is it? Yeah. And then the way you pronounce Tim's in, if I'm not mistaken, in Tagalog would be Teams. Oh, so is it? That's, that's what, okay. I think the I is pronounced differently. That's what I, I read that. I don't know if it's true. All right. And then the last one is just a, like it's some K-pop band album type thing where it literally says BDZ on it, so it's BDZ. Yeah, Th that one they couldn't find an image for. That one was a bit hard to set up. Uh, this player is also known as Carlo. Um, okay. So yeah, I mean, I be I believe it. I'm not gonna say I don't believe that this will be the roster. I'm just saying for me, it's not confirmed by this seeing would this be this would be a very strong lineup though. I, I I I like this lineup. Yeah. I I don't know if. Like I've been a huge Raven fan in the past, but he hasn't really. I feel like mm -hmm. he hasn't been a TI in a couple years, maybe. I don't know how long it's actually been. So I, I wonder how he uh, matches up against some of the other position ones. I I think he's still got it personally. I, I I don't think this guy has fallen off that much. But again, I mean, the game, like I talked about, the way it works, right, is very. There's a lot of dynamics that need to click for you to be a top tier team. Um, I don't think he individually is lacking. Mm in the regards that he needs to perform in to play for a top team. So, yeah, good luck to them if it's the actual team. I'm sure we'll know in some weeks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Maybe before. Yes. Confirmed. All right. Next topic is Sumail versus EG. Apparently. Oh, yeah. If you guys don't remember, Sumail is suing evil geniuses for breach of contract and fraud and deceit. And it's gotten to the point, this is when he was a player, when they had, I think, I'm trying to remember the scenario, he was like benched for a while, he was like streaming for them, but he wasn't on their roster, 
Like mm-hmm. to my knowledge, he wanted to play or he wanted to get moved or whatever. He was supposedly promised a bunch of stuff and it never came to fruition. This is also when I think they were changing CEOs. There's a lot of like turnover. I think this is around the peak six time, yeah. So there's a lot of potentially shady stuff that happened. So he is suing them and it is actually going to trial with a jury. Yep. Which is, I mean, we've talked about this a long time ago. This is how long it takes for this shit to finally come to fruition is there a date on here i think it went to trial two days ago oh it's already started okay yeah i believe two days ago was the day that it was uh was going to the process was going to start but a lot of the time stuff like this doesn't immediately get concluded with the first you know the first time it's in court so the complaints i'm just going to list them all breach of contract breach of the implied covenant of good faith and fair dealing Fraud and deceit, false misrepresentation, fraud and deceit, false promise, breach of false, false misrepresentation. Yeah, that's what? a weird. That's a weird way to put it. And I, I don't know why they false added an representation? oracle. <laughs> yeah, what? That's like that's backwards. And What's then they they false misrepresentation? for some reason they put oracle ult in there for false promise, but that, he doesn't. That's he, good. I, he, he only plays a, core, so that doesn't really make sense. Yeah, uh, I mean then that's fraud right there. Breach of few fidich fidish. Fuck, how do you say this? Fiduciary? Fiduciary. (laughs) Sounds like very douchey. Fiduciary duty. Yeah, that's right. Unlawful and unfair business practices. Unjust enrichment. Promissory estoppel. What a shit word. Declaratory relief. And accounting and conversion. Whatever the fuck that is. Okay, Okay. great. Great legal bullshit. (laughs) So yeah, we'll keep you updated. Uh, If you guys... uh, (laughs) don't want to google anything we will let you know the decision (laughs) by the jury i I saw i saw a comment on on reddit about this that i thought was pretty funny which was like imagine you're the juror uh, or you're you're in the jury or you're the judge sitting there and it is this person against a corporation called evil geniuses (laughs) and you know nothing about esports and you're just like what the (laughs) it's like watching mr robot like so on the nose super villain that's kind of funny but yeah i mean uh we talked about this in the past i don't remember which episode this was when richard lewis kind of broke the news Uh, i want to say it's some months back um but yeah i don't have i don't have any news about how it's gone so far i don't know how it's proceeding but um or what he's hoping for either i don't think he ever I mean, I also don't think you say that publicly, obviously, but I, yeah. I don't. I don't have any idea what his end game is here. Um, but what I will say is that EG, in general, as an org, since having been taken over by Peak Six uh, from when it was Good Game Agency and Twitch and all this, um, and before that, Alex Garfield was leading it. EG is not looking good, man. They're like dropping roster rosters left, right, and center. We've talked about the Dota part. Uh, they've dropped their CS team now. They dropped their Valorant team. Or rather, they asked their Valorant team to take a heavy pay cut. I actually don't know how that ended up. Uh, and I think some of their fighting game players as well there was stuff with. So, like, for an org with this pedigree that the name has, I feel like the representation in esports right now is really poor. Yeah. So the question is, okay, where is this going? Are they kind of on the edge, of, on the verge of ending or like what are we talking here because a lot of the classic competitors that eg were up against 
are doing quite a bit better mm-hmm. than they are in terms of like representing the org and the big games. So we'll see. All right, final Dota topic is Bro Dota. I'm guessing you have not played this yet. Uh, no, I've heard of it though. So this is the number one custom game in Dota 2 right now. It is made by, I forget who actually, but it's, it's Chinese. And if you're going to play this, just know that the, as always, for some reason with these Chinese mods, the translation is atrocious. Like, you don't know <laughs> half the stuff that's going on. Uh, like, I had to consult my chat with a bunch of mechanics because it's not shown anywhere. But essentially, it is vampire. Well, actually, technically, I never played this game, so I can't say for sure. But I assume that it is very similar to Brotato, which Mm -hmm. is also a take on vampire survivors. So it's vampire survivors uh, on a smaller scale where it's kind of round-based. And you're playing with potentially up to three other people, but you're all in different arenas. Like, you're all doing your own thing. And then every X rounds, I think it's every 10 rounds or something like that, you play against the boss together. Um, and then each round you're able to purchase based on how many gems you pick up, how many things you kill, you're able to purchase skills for your hero. And the skills are based off of, well, at least the ones that are available on, that are already unlocked are based on Dota heroes. So like, you know, like I had a troll warlord, I had a Luna thing. Like you can have a bunch of different buffs. I think like up to, was it five or six? And you can just keep purchasing them. You can have up to five upgrades for that purchase and they just get stronger each time. But there's different tiers of those types of upgrades. So as the shop as the shop gets, I don't know how to, I think it's just round based. As the rounds progress, you'll get a better chance, I think, to get the more rare ones. And all those heroes also have a synergy, like a class synergy. So kind of like a little bit like auto chest, like knights, oh. assassins, whatever. So you can try to mix and match as, uh, as you like. So did you have did you have fun playing it? Uh, it was. I mean, I'm not going to play it again. But it, it was interesting. Okay. Uh, it the reason I bring it up is a couple reasons. Number one, it is very like ten thousand people were playing it when I was on, and I if it's a Chinese mod, it means it's not hitting its peak quite yet. So I don't know what the actual peak daily is, but ten thousand concurrent is a mega shit ton for Dota. Uh, there's unlockable stuff which is monetized so it's technically illegal but like i brought up in the past every mod that's not ability arena now is i shouldn't say everyone but all the big ones are monetized again because they don't think valve will care and i oh. did, i talked to some people at valve and you know they're not directly involved with this stuff <laughs> they so don't care <laughs> they're not directly involved with this stuff but they assume that uh, the letters will be getting more and more aggressive to take down monetization eventually. Uh, which, you know, it's one of those things where if we did it again, then we'd get shut down immediately versus the Chinese who can do whatever the fuck they want for, you know, making their tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars potentially, and then get shut down and, you know, whatever. So play it while you can, I suppose. It's weird because a lot of the, well, I shouldn't say it's weird because I guess this is what people like. A lot of the stuff that you unlock is just anime, like big boobed anime unlocks for like everything. Ugh. Like you go into the shop, there's just this enormous rack in your face. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know, man. I, have we? Have I gotten to the point in my life that I am actually? I'm just the old guy. I don't understand the draw yeah. at all. But 
enjoy yourselves. Um, but like the game, like it's interesting. Like obviously, it's just Vampire Survivor, so it's not like it's super unique. And ironically, Sir Action Slacks came to me like a year ago, and mm -hmm. he's like, "I want to make a Vampire Survivors for Dota Two. Who do I get in touch mm -hmm. with?" So I get got him in touch with some custom game creators, and they said it's going to be too difficult because you can't really fit that many units on the screen. There's like a limit in Dota, mm -hmm. so that kind of died like that idea just died off and now you can see that hey it's been done but there's a twist the way they made it work is because it's round based right so you have these shit ton mm -hmm. of units coming in and the round ends after like 15 20 seconds and then you just reset it so it's not like vampire survivors where there's literally thousands technically on the map right. right so that was an interesting solution so i can appreciate that from a game design perspective but uh i mean yeah it's mm -hmm. if you guys like that type of stuff, then check it out. Uh, if you like anime stuff, check it out. <laughs> and if you like, uh, if you've never played Dota before and you're only watching the podcast <laughs> for basketball, but you like big tits, check it out. It's a pretty good game. <laughs> That's right. Quote that, Cinder in 2023. <laughs> uh, so that's called Bro Dota. Enjoy. Next topic is Overwatch League. So this is interesting. Okay. So we've talked about this before where my very strong opinion on the Overwatch League is that it has really set esports back quite a bit. Right. Because first of all, I'm not against the idea of franchising. I think it's an interesting concept. It's been done a million times in esports and it's failed basically every time, I want to say, or most of the time, uh, with a few exceptions, of course. Uh, but Overwatch League kind of, I think that issue that i have is that the game is it's not a strong esport that's the issue and they forced it you know what i mean right like i think mm -hmm. the esport should be more organic and then if you see that okay this is a good esport this is a good spectating uh sport then we can put money into it and then make something out of it this one was forced right. down everyone's throat blizzard were the big dogs at the time they got a shit ton of major 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 sponsors and I'm sure everybody lost money on this. I'd be surprised if that's not the case. Like, it's just an I absolute think Blizzard did. Well, not Blizzard. Yeah. Blizzard probably <laughs> came out really well. Yeah, they uh, But the, what good. I mean is the sponsors all lost money, which is why I say that this yeah. set back the industry quite a bit. Um, I would agree with that probably being the so case. So yeah. now they are, quote unquote, transitioning from Overwatch League. So let me give a couple quotes here. Uh, this is from... Who is this from? It's just an... OWL spokesperson. We are transitioning from the Overwatch League and evolving competitive Overwatch in a new direction. We are grateful to everyone who made OWL possible and remained focused on building our vision of a revitalized esports program. We're excited to share details with you all in the near future. And hold that thought. There's one more if I can find it. Okay. Um, second, because this is going to sound very familiar. The Overwatch League, blah, blah, blah had remained in limbo amid a vote on an updated franchise agreement with the votes resolution a new competitive ecosystem will have to be found it is expected that blizzard will work with third-party tournament organizers such as esl and wdg esports to plan the future of the overwatch esports ecosystem does this all sound i know it's not exactly the same but does it sound quite familiar to you yeah so blizzard involved very heavily in the esport of their game 
are now transitioning it to be hands off and give it to third party. Valve doing I the will, exact same thing. But it's a different scenario, say, though, right? Because one is yes. franchised and one is not. That's a huge difference. I mean, that's one of the differences, but I also think the way in which the Blizzard and Valve were involved were very different, right? Like Valve decided to be very involved with their world championship and then the DPC wasn't something where Valve, at least the way I remember it, it's been some years now, the DPC wasn't something where Valve was like, we want to have more influence on the Dota circuit. It was because people were asking for it, right? That they tried it <clears throat> as Valve liked to experiment and try different formats and see how it works. And they didn't like how it ended up um, because of how it influenced the rest of the, the year organically for the rest of the tournament organizers. But the, the way DPC came about was that people were asking for a more direct path to transparency towards TI for regular leagues so that orgs could get regular gameplay and be able to sell that to sponsors and whatnot, that their team was playing in a league that would have X games every X months. And um, there's drawbacks. There's pros and cons to both systems. The, the phase we're entering now also has drawbacks that we've talked a little bit about uh, on previous episodes like okay, what's the trajectory to TI? How much qualification is there going to be for teams that aren't in, you know? If a lot of it is direct invites, how do you get invited? If you're a promising team, how do you prove yourself? Uh, the DPC was very structured in that regard. That was one very clear upside to it, was that it was fully transparent how you got to TI. It was fully transparent how you made your name, a name for yourself. Now, who knows? Um, but yeah. Aside from, you know, the, the differences in how it was run, the, the pattern here is definitely that Blizzard is doing the same thing Valve is, which is letting the ecosystem run itself more. I also, I think that's probably the better way to run an eSport is the game developer is good at making games and um, <laughs> they have, how to say, they, the people that they hire and the people that they work with and the way this functions... I'm not going to pretend I understand all the workings of this because I don't, but just it, it seems that a good healthy medium is to have people dedicated to running and building the game, people dedicated to being part of the ecosystem that the game creates. And then, like you said, if the game is a good esport, it's going to grow from there. And then you can choose to invest into it as a game developer if you want. But I think making a game with the sole premise of this is going to be an esport and we will sell it as an esport and we will make it huge as an esport. I think that comes naturally if the game plays itself as an esport, right? And if it doesn't, it's just a huge waste of time and effort and money. I mean, in Blizzard's I mean, case, they made the bank thing. because they sold it, right? But yeah. I, like you said, you can't keep doing that, right? Blizzard can't just release a new game and be like, oh, by the way, you investors who paid eight digits to play in our league, this is the, the good one, you know? You only have that much goodwill if you're gonna make a game if you're gonna make a game for the sole purpose of it being a giant esport you better be fucking sure that it's fun to spectate because i know that people that are into overwatch enjoy watching and that's just natural this is a terrible fucking game to watch it is so confusing and people can say that about dota and that's fine understandable that's why we're not franchised right i mean league was and i guess that was successful but regardless like overwatch it's just like they did so much over the course of how many years to try to fix the issues like mm -hmm. they made everything red versus blue or whatever it was right 
like to make it more obvious. It's just still, I mean, it's not even the problem of it being confusing. It's a 6v6 FPS where you're constantly respawning. That's not fun to watch. That's not mm -hmm. fun, I think, generally. So I just think their formula was just fucked from the start. They kind of shot themselves in the foot, which, as we know, is Blizzard's MO of the last 15 years anyway. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, However, and, and this is less than a year after Overwatch 2 came out, right? That they're closing right. the doors on this shit. So, it's a really big shame that this failed in a way. Not because I'm particularly invested in the game myself. Like, I've never played it and I've watched a very little bit and I didn't really feel like watching much more after that. Um, like you said, it's a big shame because of what happens to the industry here. Because with that being a failure, a lot of the non-endemic sponsors that were getting into esports and were dropping a lot of money on it, which could have been, you know, cost some significant growth. With this failure, they're going to be hesitant to invest into other games that might turn out to be profitable or promising or at least show growth. Yeah. Because... Uh, Honestly, I think it's very understandable. You're somebody from the outside. You're a venture capitalist. You have a lot of money. You're like, oh, yeah, this, this new thing. For them, it's just the new big thing, right? Because they're not part of the ecosystems and the games at all. They just have money. They want to make money with their money. Like, oh, yeah, this hot new thing, esports. Yeah, okay. And then you're in a meeting with Blizzard, and they're like, yeah, this is the league we're making. And they're like, oh, shit, it's pretty cool. I understand this because it's kind of like football, you know? I, yeah, I, I could see this working. And then it's just a massive flop. And then they're like, okay, you kind of feel like you got God, you know? Yeah. And, and you don't want to be taken advantage and of. The problem is it doesn't just it hurt Overwatch. It hurts every esport, yes. just video games in general, really. Because uh, those, those big venture capitalists, when are they getting into CSGO now or CS2? Or when are they getting into Dota or whatever the next big game is? Are they even going to give it a second chance? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sucks. Uh, it's kind of reminiscent of you. Ex you talked about this, the thing that ran on American TV, right? That what was it called? The oh CGS, the yes. Which also set things back quite a bit, in your opinion, right? Yeah, I think so. That was two thousand three or something like that. Uh, yeah. I mean, esports will recover because I think it's. I mean, I think the issue is people really want to get in on the ground floor of something, right? And that's mm -hmm. when there's a big risk. Whereas you could just wait a year. And just see, oh, this game, yeah. okay, this actually is a good game to invest in. I mean, that's what they should be doing, but yep, I don't know. Sucks for everybody, I think. All right, you have another topic. I, I yeah, moved it up here because it's game-related. Yeah, as much as we've shit on Blizzard, Blizzard <laughs> is actually getting some pretty good press right now for the first time in I don't know how long. Really? Uh, BlizzCon has been on uh, this last weekend. And they got a lot of praise from the community for the first time in a decade. Mm. Uh, people are saying, let's go Blizzard. So I, I think it's, uh, I'm, I mean, I'm exaggerating. This isn't the first time they get good press. But a lot of the fans of World of Warcraft in particular, which is, you know, still in many ways Blizzard's flagship game of the last two decades at this point. The game came out in, when was it, 2000 and, was it 2008? Hang on. I actually want to look this up. Uh, oh, 2004. Sorry. It's almost 20 years. Um, wow. That's it insane. might actually be 20 years in the US at this point. Not sure. Anyway. No. 2003 um, was Warcraft 3. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so it can't have been. It must have been 2004. Yeah. So this game is approaching 20 years. Um, 
they announced something called Season of Discovery, which is a new take on World of Warcraft Classic. So what Blizzard have realized, which we have been talking about on previous episodes, is that uh, they used to make better games than they do now. Uh-huh. So <laughs> how about we take our old game and then work from there? Um, and essentially what they're doing is they take some of the core elements of classic World of Warcraft, which is still really, really popular. Keep in mind, the thing that's fascinating about this is to draw a bit of a parallel to another game that I used to play the old version of. I never played the new one. Uh, this is a different scale, but RuneScape had a resurgence by having, um, by essentially making a classic version of RuneScape because people were playing a different version of the game on like private servers or whatever uh, that was more old school and that eclipsed the modern version of the game. Mm. Uh, so they kind of embraced that and, and started working on that. And World of Warcraft is, with WoW Classic, became, I think, way more successful than Blizzard would have ever imagined. I think they thought of it as like a small side project that maybe people were going to find fun for a while. Classic WoW got so popular that they ran the level 60 version. People asked for the expansion. They got it. They asked for the expansion again. They got it again. Mm-hmm. And now they're also getting Cataclysm, which is the fourth expansion this year, or the third expansion in the series, is coming out as well next year. Uh, because Classic's community is that big. And now, because of how big it actually is, they're choosing to make what people have been asking for for quite a while now in, in Classic WoW's community, which was Classic Plus, which was meant to be, or what people were asking for, okay, we love the level 60 version of the game, the original version, we want content for this game. And what people were imagining was level 60, which is max level content, like new raids or things that were actually planned for vanilla WoW that were never implemented. They were hoping that Blizzard would get around to making those like other raids, other features or whatever. What they're doing is they're making something called Season of Discovery, where they're doing a new take on specific classes where they can do different things. Uh, You start with a level cap of 25 instead of 60. So they're going to do like seasonal level ups. Uh, where the cap is 25, there's going to be a raid at level 25 that's different, a different experience from what you've played so far on different classes, and then that runs for a while, then they raise the level cap and implement new content, then they raise the level cap again, implement new content, and then you reach max level and then there's new content. So Hmm. they're taking it like step by step. And one of the big things for me about this that is something I really miss from gaming in general, to be honest, is that they're not doing a public test realm, if you know what that is. Oh, public what? Sorry, public test realm. Okay, it's called it's called PTR and WoW. Essentially, they are not making an open beta for the game, and oh. what that means is when stuff drops, it's new to everybody. Right. So you don't come in with like, oh, this is all the bosses. This is the strategy. This is the meta. This is how you're supposed to play. Because right now, when stuff comes out in Wrath of the Lich King Classic, everybody knows the bosses, everybody knows the fights, there's guides, there's strategies, there's min-maxing the fuck out of everything. Everybody knows what to do. You know what's the best. This is going to be a drop where it's kind of like a patch comes out in Dota, and people are like, okay, Hmm. let's play Dota for three months to figure out what the fuck is going on and find what's best. That's why it's called Season of Discovery, is that finally this MMO that is two decades old at this point is putting in stuff that people don't know what the best thing to do is. That's cool. That is really exciting. Because hmm. I think that's a huge part of what makes gaming fun is exploration. And WoW hasn't had exploration in so a long time I, for raids. I it's assume, all known, right? Yeah, I assume in the past like they have to do these open betas because there's so much there that has to be tested that they can't just use like an internal team, right? I assume that's why they've done that in the past. 
Sorry? One more time? Like in the past, they've used those test realms or whatever you call them, beta realms, mm -hmm. whatever, uh, because there's just so much shit that has to be tested that their internal team yes. wouldn't. So is it because they're able to do that now because a lot of it's obviously old stuff, but now they're like slight twists on it, right? There's a couple new things. Right. Don't crazy I, I, testing. Don't, I don't know exactly how, I, I don't know the scope, right? Because I don't think anyone truly really knows the full scope of it. But they at BlizzCon, they showed a some of the people at BlizzCon there got to test the raid in its current version, but that's probably not going to be the final release. Um, and it was like a very small subset of people and it wasn't like public, right? Um, so I guess there they got a bit of testing done, I suppose. Mm. But yeah, the, the vibe that I'm getting is that if you think about Dota, there's like mm. a, you know, there's a beta tester crew, right? It's not like Valve makes the game and then they just throw it out there and nobody's tested it except them. But it's like a small dedicated group that doesn't share everything everywhere uh, and right. figure everything out themselves. So, um, yeah, they got positive feedback on that. So that's one thing. Um, then in other games, I think the main other game that I saw, I didn't watch all of BlizzCon. Uh, they were making some, I think, pretty good changes to Diablo 4. Uh, I talked about that in the past, that that was a game I was looking forward to trying from Blizzard. I was like, okay, have you learned from your mistakes? Uh, they had to an extent, but not fully. I'll admit it was a game that was really fun to play for like 50 hours, and then I just dropped it because the game wasn't, it felt like the end game wasn't very well thought out, and the uh, the way you built your character toward the end was kind of unsatisfying. Mm. Uh, but they announced a lot of good stuff there as well. And honestly, for me, the the encouraging thing to see was that it feels like they're taking to heart a lot of the massive complaints that they've been getting, and they're actually trying to do stuff that the community wants instead of being completely tone deaf. Then we'll see if it's good. I mean, maybe this season of Discovery sounds really cool and it's going to be bad. Maybe the Diablo 4 changes that they announced that people have been asking for are going to be implemented poorly. And either way, I think it's not been... I don't think it's good for business to drop a game like Diablo 4, have the vast majority of your player base quit, and then fix all the issues, because you're not getting 100% of the players back. Mm. So it's probably better to drop a really good game to begin with, so people stick around. Um, but it's kind of similar to what happened with Diablo 3 to an extent, where the game came out... Uh, people had some complaints about systems. And then from what I've heard, again, <laughs> I didn't really pick up the game much myself after that, so I'm the perfect example of this. But some of my friends were saying uh, later stages of Diablo 3 was actually so much better than launch. Mm. Um, but, you know, you That's just how lose games people are these days. in the curve, right? People have an attention span. They, they move on to other stuff, and that's what I did, right? I played Diablo 3. It was fun for a while. Didn't really come back. D4's been the same for me. But... Mm. Um, yeah, BlizzCon overall this year sounded like it got quite positive response. They did not announce Diablo Immortal 2. Good call there. Um, but more people was... have mobile phones. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought that was worth mentioning. Obviously, I'm, a, I'm, I'm biased toward WoW because for me, it's one of the best games of all time, especially the level 60 version. So I am in the group of people that's very excited to see them try to do something with that game. And I'm hopeful. Um, because what they announced actually sounds really cool and creative. Now they just need to deliver. Um, mm -hmm. Which, I mean, I don't know if it's fair to say that Classic WoW has been delivering, so to say, because, I mean, it's, it's just the good old game, right? They didn't really have to make a lot of new stuff. Um, 
right. but now they actually have to get a little bit creative and and make some new content for that game but the overall like archetype of game it is is very good cool okay good stuff that. all right uh next two topics are relatively short uh but then for this one's been on the list for a bit but actually came out now so we can actually talk about it the beatles have released a final song cinder this is actually so cool uh, the song is called Now and Then. I mm. listened to it. I thought, it, I mean, it's not like it doesn't blow my mind, but it's it's cool to hear this type of style again. As you guys know, I'm a huge oldies fan anyway. Like if you, if somebody tells me they don't like the Beatles, I literally have a negative opinion of you already. I think the Beatles are arguably one of the most influential groups in the history of mankind. I fucking love them. Uh so what happened was Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr, who are, of course, the only two remaining members of the group, had an old tape of this song that they were working on with John Lennon from way back when, and, of course, George Harrison. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think George Harrison came, like, in the 90s, maybe, and he worked on this a little bit as well. So they basically took John Lennon's voice and used AI to finish the song with, you know, of course, Paul McCartney and... Uh, Ringo Starr finishing up the rest of it or whatever mm -hmm. and it so this is of course we can get into like the 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 weird quandaries when it comes to AI and its uses and is it art and all that stuff mm -hmm. I mean this is a very cool use of it to take something that somebody has made and just finish it because they can't do it anymore right uh, I think it's very cool I don't know if you've listened to this I guess probably not I don't, I don't know if I've heard the song. I mean, maybe I've heard it randomly uh, without knowing it was that one. That sounds unlikely, so probably not. Okay, just check. Um, but from what I understand, it's really high up on the charts in the UK in particular, right? Which makes sense because, you know, it's the Beatles. There's mm. a lot of people that obviously... If, if this... I think I read this uh, the other day that if this were to get number one on the charts, it would be by by far the biggest distance between <laughs> two number ones from the same band right i mean no shit yeah uh i think the previous record from what i read was share oh really which i thought was kind of interesting oh. yeah the diff the distance between her last two top uh, top of the chart songs was really it was many many years but this would absolutely destroy it obviously um and yeah, I mean, it's always going to have that asterisk, though, isn't it? Like, it's with AI, it's with the voice of somebody who is no longer alive, interpreted by technology. Mm. Uh, but, I mean, to me, to me, this is one of the more wholesome. We've talked quite a bit about AI on this podcast. To me, this is one of the more wholesome and positive things that it can do. Uh, I think this is cool. And I'm honestly, I'm kind of surprised that... Uh, not that I know the Beatles very well personally or anything, but that these, like, a very, very, at this point, very old band embraces this modern technology mm. uh, and does this. Because you could always have the discussion internally as well about, okay, is this what, you know, is this what the, the dead members would have wanted? Uh, how does this imp impact us and our legacy? Uh, do we even agree with what this technology can do maliciously? So do we want to touch it at all? Uh, so I'm, mm -hmm. I'm honestly a little bit surprised they went for this, but I mean, I, I, I think it's cool. Uh, I'm still very apprehensive about AI's potential in general. I think it's limitless, which is always both good and bad, but 
this is i'm not hating this i think it's kind of cool yeah so. so i recommend that it's called now and then by the beatles final song very cool cool stuff Final topic, also AI related, because I'm really into AI lately. Very, very the old related. Chat GPT, my boy. Uh, so Chat GPT or OpenAI had a conference of some kind, and I watched it, and I've forgotten most of it because I have a memory of a goldfish. But they had a That's bunch of announcements. That's right. Uh, they had a bunch of announcements, and I wanted to just highlight a couple of them because they're just interesting. Uh, number one, they're making Chat GPT. This is gonna sound like an ad, actually. They're making it faster, so. GPT-4, which is the one that I pay for. Uh, it's going to be called GPT-4 Turbo. It lets you have longer oh. conversations, more capacity and all that bullshit. Uh, and it's faster. They're going to be implementing something uh, very soon, which this is the thing about the chat GPT stuff that's a bit annoying for me, but I can understand from their perspective. It's like they're doing rollouts. So a lot mm -hmm. of times they'll say, this is available now and I don't have it for like another month. Like you just have to keep right. checking every day which is the case for this, but you can make custom GPTs. So let's say an individual or a company wants to make a chat GPT that's catered around their whatever interest they have or whatever business they have, they can do that now, uh, which is really fucking cool. And I'll get into reasons why that is, because in addition to that, they're going to have a GPT store in the next month, apparently, uh, where yeah. people can come out with their own... I mean, they've had these kind of plug-in related things before, but this is going to be more official in the store. And people, I assume, will purchase them, and a percentage of that will go to the people that created uh, the app, or what? I don't know what you're going to ask, the GPT, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, the reason I find this very important, because the one thing that I've been annoyed with, well, not, okay, annoyed is not the word. I'm just annoyed in general. That makes sense technically, but... The thing that I've been waiting for that will change my life is being able to hook this up with Google Calendar. So mm. just just talk into my chat GPT and say, you know, do this for me, do this. Like that would change a lot for me. And that's like the first big step into just like I've replaced Google with chat GPT, just to give you an example. I don't even use Google anymore because GPT really chat GPT is just superior in every fucking way. So you don't search for stuff on Google either? No, not anymore. Wow, okay. Oh, I That's... mean, well, I, I could be wrong. Maybe if I'm, yeah, I guess there's, if I just need to click on a link or something, sure, I'll use Google. But generally, if I'm searching for anything other than that, it'll be ChatGPT. So they're going to be adding a bunch of features that allow people, they didn't really specifically mention Google Calendar, but I assume they will be able to hook up with Google Calendar, which I think is going to be a big deal. Uh... And I think we talked about this before that they were going to be adding, and I finally got access to this the other day. On the app, I can talk to my chat GPT now. And you can pick the voice and it talks back to you. And oh, did you choose big titty anime? <laughs> no. I, I did choose a woman. A I choose a really oh. sensual sounding woman. She sounds very oh, nice. Oh, you, uh, you found the ASMR very surprising. <laughs> very I, who, sensual who indeed. thought that, that was the... But the crazy the thing is, like, sure. aside from a couple of bugs that you hear every now and then, like with like it sounding mechanical, it literally mm -hmm. sounds like a human being. Like they pause, they say um sometimes, like the cadence mm -hmm. is correct somehow, which it begs the question, why when I use like Google why Maps? Why would I talk to actual people anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I 
that's true that's the next topic of conversation but like when you use like uh when you're navigating with google maps or something he's like turn left like it's it's somewhat robotic this is completely natural it blows my mind i'm just like having a conversation back and forth it has been really good and i i do want to mention one thing because i talked about our video game that we're making and i mentioned that we're using chat gpt or i am a lot for the game design mm -hmm. stuff and some people misinterpreted that for meaning that we're using it for art, which we're not. Uh, the capacity that I use for art is I think of something that I want, the artist that we employ to make, and I just, since I am a terrible artist, I just have ChatGPT or DALI 3 or whatever do it uh, as close as I can or as close as it can get to what I want, and I send that to the artist as like inspiration, essentially. Like, take like mm -hmm. these couple of aspects from this, you know, whatever. It just gives a better vision. But... I can't really talk about what, what I use the ChatGPT for yet until we announce the game because it'll make a lot more sense why I'm using it or why we're mm -hmm. using it. But yeah, a lot of updates coming to that. And it's kind of cool because this is like, uh, it's such a big thing that's happening. Maybe some people don't realize in the last year, this came out a year ago now. This is such a, like we're going to look back and say this is like the neck, this was the next big thing, you know, that came out because... So many companies are trying to compete now. OpenAI is feeling the mm -hmm. pressure, and which is why they're coming out with these constant updates and these constant features. And the fact that it's like happening so fast just blows my mind. Uh, of course, yeah. a lot of people will fail with mm -hmm. trying to get into this AI stuff, but it's extremely cool. I am enjoying myself. What do you think if ChatGPT used AI to make an esports and franchise a league. Do you think venture capitalists would be all over that? Absolutely. AI yeah. should be able to solve every human problem that we have. Why not, Cinderella? Um, actually, I, I got to think about one thing when you talked about this with the voice thing. Do you actually think it's desirable that it sounds human? Desirable. Yeah, so you say you're talking to your chat GPT and it talks back to you and it's got like human cadence and it says um and stuff. Do you think, is that a good thing? Because I'm like trying to think to myself if I am talking to chat GPT and it responds back that if it's, if it reaches a point where it's not discernible from a human voice, then mm -hmm. in any sort of recording that you do of whatever, you can't tell that it was AI talking rather than a person in, in mm -hmm. a clip. I mean, I, I'm again, I'm back to this ethical stuff that I'm, I'm thinking about a lot with this, right? Like, mm. do, do, do you think it's a good thing? Like, it's obviously a proof of concept of what the technology so wait, can are you, do. Are you asking from like a societal standpoint or asking from like an individual user, do they want that? Both. Individual user, for sure. Societal, okay. I mean, we've, we've already talked about this issue, right? The whole mm -hmm. deep faking and stuff like that, it can have very negative... Uh, kind of. I mean, the good side is that you, you come up with a fucking new Beatles song, right? Right. So there's pros uh, and okay, cons. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll try to turn around. I'm struggling to see the positive here in this sounding like an AI or like a human. Actually, I, I don't, I don't see what the upside is that this sounds like a person a client, rather than an AI. Like client side. Yeah, I mean, let, let's say I was using ChatGPT like you are, and I'm asking it stuff, and it's telling me stuff back, and it sounds perfectly human versus. Mm. Like any sort of Google Assistant or whatever you use on your phone that you can tell is not a person talking, right? Like, I personally don't feel 
like when Google Assistant t- tells me something, I'm not like, damn, I wish that really sounded like my mom, you know? I'm mean, like, it, it doesn't, <laughs> I, I, I don't. Does, does this sound like your mom or something? I didn't realize that. Is that why you're so passionate about this? <laughs> no, it was a joke. I'm just saying. That's like, why it asked I, me if I wanted Cinderin's mom as a choice for one of the voices. God damn. Makes sense now. Oh, right. Yeah. No, but I, I don't, I don't, okay. Maybe I'm really bad at explaining this. Like, I don't see the, the benefit. Like, what is the appeal of this sounding like you're talking to a person? Because you're clearly, you know yourself that you're talking to an AI and you're giving AI prompts and the AI is telling yes. you something back. So you know that it's AI. So why does it need to sound like a person when well, you know that okay, it's AI? Okay, what about that? What about the reverse? Why does it need to sound robotic? So that it's discernible from a human being. Why, why does that matter if from a client perspective, from one it, user? It, you, you talking to your phone individually, privately, whatever, it doesn't make a difference, right? Okay. But... Like so this you're, you're is the back scope to thing, right? You're, you're talking about yeah. from a global scale still, right? So I'm I'm saying is the upside of it sounding perfectly human worth the risks? You know what I mean? What's like, what's the risk for this though? If it doesn't sound like anybody real necessarily, I mean by chance it will, of course. That, like if this was yeah. if this was uh, President Obama's voice, then yes, I understand your concerns, mm-hmm. but because it's just some you random, could just, you could just make that. Yeah, but it's right. not part of I the mean, official app. Right. That's what sure. you're. That's where right. the line is being drawn here for you. Yeah. It, it's. I don't know. It's like let's imagine you. This is going to be such an edge case. So maybe it's not that big of a deal. Actually, I'm, I'm guessing just, you've I'm never seen think. the movie called Her, which I would highly recommend. For that's what it's called, right? I need to look this. There up. is a movie called Her. I know with that. Joaquin yeah. Phoenix. It's about AI. Extreme. Mm-hmm. Like i wouldn't say this is like one of my favorite movies ever it was very good and i highly recommend that you watch this uh just because it shows like kind of both sides of the because this is actually what's happening right now on a mm-hmm. it's like the very beginning of kind of what that movie is representing which is really cool that i'm living through this right now and we're having these conversations uh it doesn't bother me at all but i'm obviously embracing this more than uh maybe the average person i don't know yeah okay yeah, I mean, it was it was just interesting. Is it because I, you're I, a I robot that you're offended that a robot's sounding more human than you, Cinderin? <laughs> Chat GPT <laughs> is taking my job, man. <laughs> um, no, I'm just I'm just trying to think of like I'm I'm trying to think of whenever they implement this new technology that is really cool and very human-like. That I I'm always erring on the side of caution with stuff like this, where okay, if this sounds perfectly human well when people record it and it gets shown in whatever and there's no like clear way of telling whether this was quote unquote real or not that that just Mm. becomes a you know it's it's the same thing i mean at the end of the day this is no different than what was what's it called the do you remember the clip i played for you uh or i sent you we did some episodes ago where uh, Susie had your voice clipped from the podcast and then had it read out something mm-hmm. and you were like rating how much it sounded like you and it didn't fully sound like you but you right. know with time there. and with yeah. a bigger sample right yeah. and th- that's that's a similar thing where it's it's like okay somebody could just pretend they're saying stuff in well, your voice and there's no way for a layman yeah. to tell whether it's you or not yeah um so it, it's it's the same it's the same ballpark right and like who knows I love okay. talking to my phone it's a lot more yeah. fun now. The sensual voice. Mm. Love it. I just wish she'd name herself. You know, that's the only problem. It's like, won't pick a name. Mm. 
just ChatGPT doesn't need to pick that, something. Honestly, that might stay that way for the reason I just said, right? Like that's maybe one of the things. I'm not okay. I'm. I was gonna talk about how this could progress society, mm -hmm. like through society, with this actually evolving. But you need to watch the movie Her. So I will not spoil it for anybody out there. Very cool. Enjoy it. All right, that'll do it for this episode of We Say Things. We had absolutely no topics, and we made it to hour and 20 minutes. Congratulations to us. What do you mean? We had topics. We had no topics of All right, value. no topics. Goodbye, everybody. Until <laughs> next week, peace out. We say things that don't mean anything. Subscribe. But thanks for listening. Yeah.